1: Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.
2: What kind of programs does this school have? How are the test scores? How many kids do a classroom? Homes.com knows these are all things you ask when you're home shopping as a parent.
3: And remain. Calabria. Calabria. They really love to roll an R on that show. They really do. They put a little spice on it. We are back from vacation, and, you know, we had an episode all prepped to go for today. Um, But as it turns out, we had so much to catch up on since we haven't done a, a news moment in a couple weeks so we decided just to like talk about what's going on in pop culture right now what we've been consuming and you'll get a proper you know like a virgin episode next week and this week we're really just gonna talk about current events because this is like a virgin the show where we give literally yesterday's pop culture today's takes i'm rose damu and i'm fran Torado. So catch me up, girly. What has been going on? We are back from vacation, officially, like a virgin. It's back to school vibes today. We've got spooky season around the corner. I have a thing of pumpkin spice (laughs) almond milk creamer in my fridge. Wait, no you don't. Um, I absolutely do. Wow. I'm not really a pumpkin spice girly, but you know what I love I actually asked you to buy this for me when we were starting on our road trip to San Francisco is the almond crisp macchiato from Starbucks. That yes. shit slaps.
4: Well, Rose, you know, it's been a lovely break. Uh, you and I have taken some long, much needed time away. Phoebe's taken some much needed time away. Yeah. Phoebe,
3: who's apparently in a band. Um, in a
4: band. Joined a band me. while we were gone. On. You and I drove to San Francisco, we uh we did, or San Fran
3: Squishco. You, um,
4: you and I had to butch it up to fix my car on the oh roadside.
3: Oh my god, okay, girls, girls, gays, theys, everyone else. Let me tell you, we went to San Francisco, and truly 20 minutes outside of Los Angeles, Fran's car started overheating, <laughs> and... We pulled over and literally the first thing I did was open TikTok and search <laughs> yeah. how to fix coolant tank. Not like, joking. Not, not joking. joking. And, no and it helped us it it. Immensely. Like, like, immensely. It like that <laughs> is that is where I problem solve. <laughs> that is where I go for everything. We tried to fix the problem ourselves. Yeah. I felt very butch. I popped the hood on your Jeep. Incredible. And
4: then we drove very quickly to an auto shop about a half a block away. Um, Which I want to remind I,
3: you was the thing that I said we should do first.
4: Yes. Well, yes. But I, you know, am, am uh, toxic and I don't like accepting help. And when we did inevitably accept help from the auto shop, I did ask a lot of annoying um, Questions to But the they mechanic. were really nice. They were really nice, really um, nice. Um
3: but it got fixed. We got on the road, we went to San Francisco, had a fun couple days, had some really great food, some also really bad food.
4: Bad pizza. Oh
3: my god, that pizza girl. Despicable. Ooh. You still need to send me a Venmo request for that, actually. Cause...
4: Oh, do I really thank God? Because I yeah. don't want to pay for that. Um I also know... think we
3: could dispute it because it was so bad. <laughs>
4: <laughs> let's dispute, let's dispute. Um okay. you know, it should be said, yeah, we've taken a few weeks off. Off. we did um do a kind of bonus episode uh that we posted to our finsta you should follow our finsta like a virgin yes well we we went live
3: while we were driving um <laughs> to San Francisco we were like in the desert driving through grape fields um, and went live on Instagram. It was very fun. Um, you should check it out. It is, as Fran said, saved on our Instagram. And
4: if you are listening to today's news recording and wondering, hmm, why aren't they talking about this? Why aren't they talking about that? Chances are we probably talked about it on our lives. So go check it out there. It's like, an- yeah. it's basically an hour long bonus app. Also, um,
3: chances are that just th- a lot has happened in the world over the past <laughs> couple weeks. I mean, a lot of week, things related to. Last week alone was. Just insane, the amount of things that happened. And I just, I think there are some things that we truly, like, don't need to comment on. Like, uh, we're honey, not talking about don't worry, darling.
4: I know we are. I mean, we are. No, we're going no, to brief- no, friend,
3: I, no. friend, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Even Harry has moved on. Yes, and- Harry is already promoting a different not- movie at, at, at TIFF. <laughs> Another movie in which he apparently does a really bad performance. Oh, my policeman! Yeah, the one where he falls in love with a cop. Yes, or does he play
4: a cop? He plays a cop, and Got maybe it. also falls. Maybe he falls in love with a fellow cop. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I actually don't have opinions on the don't worry, darling of it all. I I think that it's just a uh, delicious celebrity gossip, um, and mostly like gay internet making big leaps to, like, come
3: to weird conclusions about a movie that
4: probably is not going to be that good.
3: Yeah, I mean, I can't believe we had... Harry Styles spitting on Chris Pine and then the Queen getting sent straight to yeah. hell in the, also, same, in the same couple days. But girl, Rose, I,
4: I, not to call you in here, but like you can't be like, stop talking about don't worry, darling, blah, blah, blah. When like during Spitgate, I think you tweeted like once every no, four minutes. I, like, I know.
3: <laughs> I, I'm, I'm aware. But what I'm saying is <laughs> like it's been a week since that happened. And what else is there? To say about it.
4: <laughs> right. What else is there to say beyond what I said? Exactly.
3: Um, we were all participating in it. It was the I most... You weren't? Oh, because you were like in... I was like you in were... the woods. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. I was like unplugged. I wanted to ask you, have you listened to Ethel Kane at all? No, okay. But she's been coming up a lot on, you know,
4: on my social, and my TL people talking about that Ethel Kane yeah. concert. It's very like if I can assess correctly, like Phoebe Bridgers, Lucy Dacus adjacent, like
3: sad girl rock. Yes. But like specifically through the, like through almost a like Lana Del Rey Americana filter, but from like a Floridian perspective. Cause she's, I think she's from Florida or like she's from the South. So like, obviously that hits me right in the peninsula. Um, (laughs) And she also like, has a, a very sky Ferreira kind of sound like literally like she, there are times on her album preacher's daughter where she sounds almost exactly like sky Ferreira. Oh. Um, she's also trans, which is, you know, love to see the she dolls, is? the dolls out here making great music. And yeah, I, the, the album is really good. It's a very, um, it's like very synthian moments. It's very rock in moments. Um, and it, it is really leaning hard on this, like, all this religious imagery, this, like, Southern Americana imagery. But from the perspective of, you know, a, a trans woman who is from that place in our country. And I just really have been obsessed with the album so, since I started listening to it, like, a week or two ago. And it also kind of feels like she just is having a moment. Like, she's at Fashion Week hanging out with... Hard enough, and you know like she's like one of the girls now and i think in a way that i think she has been building to for a while and now it's reaching critical mass like she had a show in new york recently and someone said it was like the gay twitter convention um which <laughs> sounds about right so i think you should check her out i think you would really like her okay, um i will And then also just another music thing. Um, Kalayla finally dropped a new song and music video this morning. Oh my god. And I am so happy that I have finally have a new song to add to my sex playlist. Yeah, Um, she makes sex music for sure. I thought it was really funny the way that she rolled out this new track because for a couple days she's been posting these videos of everyone's like really funny tweets and memes of like mm-hmm. where's Kalela like when the world needed I her most that. she vanished um she like made a video with like a bunch of like really funny internet people in it um and so i like that she's in on the joke um and then like did that and then dropped this truly breathtaking music video and like a, it's it's a very slow song um but she did assure that there are bangers coming and the visuals are like insane insane and like she looks like she's in dune and also kalayla should be in dune and should she like should maybe be, be on the dune. soundtrack for sure she,
4: she should be on the soundtrack she also should act like she's stunning and she's so cool she has such a mystical kind of vibe that's still, like, sexy and contemporary. Um, it should be said, like, Take Me Apart um, has one of the best remix albums, like, ever created. That remix album is so good, if you've never checked it out. Um, yeah, I'm I'm such a kalei stan. And um, uh, something that I'm not really a stan of in the music world, did you listen to the new Rina Sawayama EP? I haven't, actually. So, okay, I have to but say. But I like, like Rena a lot. I love Rena. A huge fan of her as like an artist and a celebrity. Huge fan of her on the community level and like her perspective, rooting for her. These songs to me sound very just like generic. Like I I, I can't differentiate them and I can't latch on to the production quality. And I'm I'm bummed because I I love her voice and I love like her ethos, but I can't really hook into what she's doing. And I, I may be a little biased because I really hate that chosen family song. I'm not gonna lie. I hope that is that song is
3: is an incredibly low point. Um, chosen on, on her, Chosen Family <laughs> album. It's um, kind
4: of you need to calm down levels of like anthemy, like poorly written, like, ally stuff. But yeah. even though she's... I know she's not an ally. I know she's queer. But it's just... It's like, it feels like you just Googled chosen family. And, like, that was... I don't know. I do I think don't know! I'm so, so I, mean.
3: I haven't listened to the full... I think it's an album, not an EP. I thought it was an album, but maybe it's, I don't, it's an I don't e- know. It's an EP, okay.
4: or it's, at least it's an EP now. Maybe it will be an album.
3: I the only song I've heard is in full is "This Hell." Yeah, that's and an EP. which I like, but I think you know this is very indicative of. I think maybe what we're seeing is, you know, when one of these pop girlies comes out and there's just so much momentum that they don't have the time to like take a break and like sit and have life experiences that like lead them to write good music and instead just kind of like make just make music like that mm-hmm. they they just do it and it's like not kind of at the level as their previous stuff was so maybe that's what's happening cuz she has been going pretty non-stop since seriously um, her her first album came out.
4: Yeah. And I love her collabs, love her on the fashion level. When you listen to the EP, you know, circle back to me and then we can chat about it. Okay. Um, I watched two things that you've already watched, uh, since we last spoke and I would love to chat briefly about them. Okay. I watched, on me. I watched prey, which oh, uh, I've, I've never seen any predator movies in any I've of the franchises either. or alien, any of the alien movies. Not that that matters. Um, and you don't need
3: to. You really I, need to watch Alien. I, I, will, and I aliens.
4: will, I will. I will, I um, will. But to watch Prey for the Virgins, you don't need to watch any of the other movies. No, you and can I go in strongly, blind. We both did. I strongly recommend it as a standalone. I'm pretty sure it's already the highest rated Prey movie on well, Rotten it's, Tomatoes. It's
3: not only that, it's the most watched original thing Hulu has ever made. Whoa, I did not know that.
4: Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I you know, top line. Action sequences, phenomenal. Completely indigenous-led cast and story, amazing. Really good violence. Really scary, high suspense scenes. Great action, great
3: kills.
4: And compelling acting from extremely first-time actors, you know? A very
3: simple story about a girl who's, like, trying to prove herself um, and then just gets... Put in these really, you know, crazy circumstances. Yes. Um. She also has a really hot brother. I was just about
4: to talk about it, her. He's hot brother. so sexy. And I was reading that he was like, he. It's his breakout. It's his, I think his first role. He was like working at TJ Maxx before he got this gig, and he's so good. In addition to being hot, um. And I, I feel like just if for the virgins, I forgot to top line the plot. If you basically the pre the predator is that what it's called predator. Is this like alien?
5: Alien hunter.
4: Alien hunter being, yeah, that has descended upon um, a Comanche kind of tribe land in the early 1700s. And um, around the same time, there are French fur traders that are kind of colonizing this land. And the Comanche tribe is basically encountering both the fur traders and the predator at the same time. And trying to figure out how to kind of like sort through and protect their their tribe, and um, it's just a great great story. And something that really kind of struck me—not um, to get all political—or this isn't even political. It's just like good content. Is that the entire movie offered Comanche subtitles and dubbing? So if you wanted to watch the entire movie with a Comanche dub, like which can you think of any movie that has ever done that? Like that. It was like originally so going to
3: be fully in Comanche with I English subtitles. That. Um, which you know, I think it's probably good for the accessibility and like kind of the mainstream accessibility of this film mm-hmm. that it was in English, but it's also amazing that they did not sacrifice having it available with that that dub. Um Yeah,
4: I don't think all of the actors Or actually, I don't know if any of the actors are, like, native Comanche speakers, but, like, that might have been part of the reason. But I just, like, you know, as long as it's in the language, a language that's just going extinct, you know, or languages that, in indigenous languages that are going extinct, I was like, that's sick. And that's exactly how we should be making things that... This movie is, like, completely not political, I must also say. Like, it's just violent, good action, like, really stunning character portrayals, like, it's just—it's not like about the indigenous no. experience. You know what I mean? Again, it's not as like I said, it's up a, a very—it's
3: a very simple story that is really well made and super fun to watch. Um, the, what's the other thing?
4: The other thing that was not so fun to watch was the Jurassic Park movie. Oh
3: my god.
4: <laughs> I forgot that Laura Dern was in it. That's why I Why badly... was it
3: about bugs and <laughs> corporate espionage?
4: I, I have to say, you know, it was definitely 100% about bugs and corporate espionage. And like the, the villain of this movie looked exactly like Tim Cook. Yeah. That's he's supposed so distracting. To. That's yeah. so weird and distracting. And like, I don't know. It's kind of like when we watched Don't Look Up and they had that kind of Jeff Bezosian, Elon Muskian like CEO. Speak person. for yourself.
3: I did not watch Don't
4: Look Up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, seriously, um, that movie. You know, actually, I thought had some pretty good action sequences and some. You know, the the bugs only. You know, the took bugs up. were disgusting. And, uh, even though the movie was about the bugs, the bugs were only like in two big scenes. You but know there what I was mean?
3: So, there were so little dinosaurs in yeah. it, and the thing that I found so frustrating about that movie is it has this very interesting premise of. Dinosaurs are now living in the world, and it abandons it almost immediately. It's, there's like a, like a highlight reel of news stories right at the beginning of the movie, and then it never deals with the implications of that.
4: Yeah, it doesn't. And also just, like, the clone girl. Like, there's nothing compelling about her. There's nothing... er Like, the fact that this clone girl has these adopted parents that aren't even... That's Chris Pratt and the redhead. And it's, like, it's just completely unearned. There's no emotional attachment between the three of them at all. And yeah, it, was, it was honestly, I'm not going to lie, like some of the laziest writing I'd seen in a movie in a very long time. Like it felt like it was written in a weekend or maybe like rewritten in a weekend, which <laughs> is probably more likely. Baby,
3: you want to talk about bad writing?
4: Oh, I'm
3: I'm scared. What are you what are you going to say? I, I watched this show. So um, last week after we were in San Francisco, I went um to florida to see my family and um spend a lot of time with my mom and one night she was like there's this show that all my friends are talking about on facebook that we have to watch um which was not a good way to start a <laughs> sentence for me no. No. um but i was like okay i guess um so we watched this netflix show called partner track have you heard about it No. I'm not surprised. It's, like, incredibly basic. It's about this girl who works at a law firm, and she's trying to make partner. She's Asian-American, and she's, like, having a really good time. A really good time. She's having a really hard time, you know, going up against the, you know, like, the white patriarchy that very much is in power in this law firm. And she, of course, has, you know, some, like, romantic stuff going on. It is the, some of the worst writing and acting I've ever seen. That being said, my mom and I watched five episodes all, at once. Jesus. And we were both like, this is horrible, but we're, we kind, of, we're kind of into it. <laughs> can't um, look away. Yeah, so uh, I we watched more the last night I was home, and then I finished it when I got back. And it was so stupid and so bad. And I would watch a thousand more episodes of it.
1: Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.
2: Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin.
4: Speaking of stupid and bad, I, 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 I'm I a little mad at you because uh, a week or two ago, I had this kind of realization when I started to try to watch Making the Cut, which is that kind of like Project Runway spinoff that's on Yeah, I off. haven't
3: watched the new season. I need to. Don't, 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 don't.
4: I started watching it. and I was like, why? <laughs> is the
3: music I... still as terrible?
4: Um, yes. But the design, the fashion. The music to supervisor
3: me... on that show should be tried as a war criminal. <laughs>
4: The fashion is, like, slightly better this season. Like, I feel like making the cut is, like, so bad. But, like, anyways, when I was watching the show, I started watching it. I was like, why am I watching this? I'm not enjoying it. I'm barely paying attention. I, I'm, I'm just, like, consuming it for the sake of consumption. I was like, I'm going to set an intention to just, like, watch things that I'm engaged in. Like, I have a That's really bad really habit of just watching things on background or watching things because I don't have anything else to do. And I need to just watch less trash, and then you told me
3: to watch selling the o c okay, but that's not the same thing because it, selling it, the o c kind of, is incredible
4: it's it is a it's okay it is it's and trash it isn't but it's, it's good really trash.
3: good tra- it's really quality it's trash, and I'm Oscar the grouch
4: it feels like it's worth watching, but I am still I don't know. Regardless, it is at it's the level addictive.
3: of it is at the level of selling sunset.
4: I would actually say
3: it that it's be better.
4: It's better than current seasons of selling sunset. Yeah. OG sell- s- selling sunset. Sure, they're they're going to duke it out. It's definitely better than current seasons of selling sunset. And you
3: know why? Th- you know what, One of the reasons why I think that is is because there's men, and I oh. hate to say that. <sighs> I, I hate to say it, but I just think. Like you know, obvious, I, obviously, like, you obviously. know what this
4: show needs more of men. We gotta get more men in here. Am I right? Uh,
3: invading women's spaces. Um, Not I
4: invading women's
3: spaces. I, I okay. Like, get J.K. Uh, rolling on this. Okay, she. Um, so I like you. obviously love you know shows where it's. A bunch of women having interpersonal drama but I do think that the men on Selling the OC add a, a, an element of drama that is just very different from Selling Sunset and like you have someone like Gio who's such a fucking asshole. He's a tool. And then everyone else who's like vi- like all the guys are kind of gay In- yeah. except for the bisexual one who, who as bosh. soon as he talks about being bisexual is totally written out of the show. Yes,
4: completely gl- glossed over. All the girls kind of dissociate and look
3: away because no, they've they never about No, they the women person. literally talk about like how hot all the guys in the office are and how much they want to fuck them and don't mention him once.
4: Not once. There's nothing about him that is
3: sexy. Because because they're they're like, oh, well, he sucks dick, so he's disgusting. He's
4: disgusting. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, okay, on your men comment, I kind of agree with that. I think that they're, because they're so Tooly, like they have a machismo that just cuts through the bullshit with assholery, as opposed to when the uh, you know the women in the cast just kind of like go around and whisper to each other like over and over again. It gets really repetitive. Um, so it's, I mean, I don't know. Uh, as and far they're as all like, gay. Yeah, they're all gay. And like, except I for all, the one who's by. Except for the one who's by, and I, I love the Alexandras. I love that there are like nine characters that are named Alex, uh, and, yeah. and, the, and and I love the Alexandras, um, which is like if you don't if the, for the virgins, they're like these kind of, um, these like this like girl boss partnership of real estate agents called the Alexandras, and they're like the top. Who everyone hates. Agents, who everyone hates. And also, I
3: think the houses are nicer than than the LA houses. I agree. They better just, taste. Like. They're better, they're better taste. They're like, and the views are actually nice because yeah. they're not like looking out over disgusting Los Angeles.
4: Yeah. I'm only like five or six episodes in, but I have to say only five or six episodes yeah. in. Oh my god. I, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, only, I'm
3: only, f- I've just finished four, I think.
4: Okay. Okay. So I don't know if you are where I'm at, but I just have to say for the virgins that I am unwillingly team Kayla. I I think Kayla is, like, a total flop. I I don't think she's good at her job. However, I think all the other women are way worse. And, like, they are, you know, attacking her for no reason. I mean, some reason. But, like, they're making it about themselves. And they have, like, the weirdest, most puritanical lens on, like, the whole, like, cheating thing. That just, like, I think is stupid. Anyways. Well, I don't know
3: about that. I haven't gotten there yet. Yes.
4: You'll see. You'll see. And you'll report back to me. Maybe we can
3: do a little another little recap next week <laughs> oh, uh, I would love to good, I will <laughs> I will be watching more I know we have there is something we're building to yes we are um, building b- to something. before before we go there I do just want to break in and talk about some stuff I've been reading okay I also recently on our Finsta did share my Goodreads profile and I've gotten a lot of new followers love. which I didn't even know you could follow people on Goodreads um, I don't really review things so I guess good luck to you but I guess you can at least see what i'm reading i'm back on my gay historical fiction <laughs> bullshit no surprises there um i needed piece rippers god piece rippers i needed some lightness because the next thing i'm reading is my therapist told me i should read all about love by bell hooks oh, so i'm gonna start a that beautiful later book rose but over the past week, I've read, like, five books by the same author, who I think I've mentioned before. Their name's K.J. Charles. They write yeah. a lot of historical, gay, M.M. romance. Not M.M. Um, M.M. MLS. And the... I just read this um, this trilogy called The Society of Gentlemen, and it's kind of the same as other things they've done, where it's, like, a group of people, and it's kind of Bridgerton-esque, whereas each book focuses on one of their different love stories, but they're all part of this, like, larger friend group, and there is a kind of larger plot that carries through all of the books but it's very interesting because it does kind of deal with like ra- the radical politics of the 1800s in mm. England and um, <laughs> I really enjoyed it my favorite of the three was the last one in which a lord falls in love with his valet um, it was very it's very sexy what's a valet? like a, a valet? valet? is a person who gets you dressed Oh, Um, it's not the
4: guy that does the part that like parks, parks the car for you.
3: No, they're like your personal, like the closest person to the Lord who literally like in the morning wakes you up with a cup of tea, like shaves you, gets you dressed. So obviously if you want to fuck that person, it's very sexually charged. Mm. Um, so I, I definitely recommend those if you need like something smutty to read. I literally read like that book I read in an afternoon.
1: Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th,
2: 2024. Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin.
3: The time has come. The time has come. The time has come, the walrus said, to talk of many things. <laughs> Wrong fantasy. <laughs> Wrong fantasy. We have been obviously building up to this for a while. Um, the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power is out, has been out. And I, I, I actually, people will be surprised to know, I didn't even watch the first three episodes until yesterday. You were putting it off because you were I was were putting scared. it off because i was nervous because i like felt like i didn't have the time to really fully commit to it i'm glad i waited i watched it today was the day where i like set aside to really do nothing else and first i want to hear i want to hear your thoughts because i do think just based on our texts That they're different. And for anyone who doesn't know what The Rings of Power is, it is Amazon's new fantasy series. It's set in the same world as The Lord of the Rings, but it is set thousands of years before The Lord of the Rings. And is about um, the second age of Middle Earth, um, during which The Rings of Power one of which would become the One Ring and Lord of the Rings, were forged. And And that's what this is all building towards. And you can help me flesh this out,
4: but from what I understand, they're basically truncating like a thousand or so years of history into like a few decades. And they also vary... Specifically, do not have rights to any of the Lord of the Rings trilogy well, stories. They, yes, and well, they, what they also w- do not have rights to some of the. Yeah,
3: what 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 is the T on the rights? Yeah, so they have they do not have the rights to anything except what is in the appendices of the Silmarillion. The they appendices, the appendices. There, literally, there is a billion dollar franchise being made of the appendices of a fantasy novel written earlier in the last century. And that's just how much lore Tolkien wrote to flesh out this world. That's Um, kind of iconic. So so that's kind of why in the show they talk around a lot of things. And it's not as though it does not have a lot of exposition because, and I think this might, I, I would take a gander that this might be one of your complaints and why you, why you might think it's a little slow is that there's so much exposition, but, They're still, like, not really explaining a lot. Like, you know, they don't explain who Morgoth is. And, like, they don't explain what the Silmarils were. I had to Google Morgoth. Because they literally don't have the rights to it. They Mm -hmm. only have the rights to what's in the appendices. But thankfully, there's a lot in the appendices. A lot there.
4: Yeah, I mean, without getting into the nitty-gritty, I think my top line take is like a really emotional and esoteric one. Like I have a kind of childhood attachment to the Lord of the Rings movie franchise. And of course, they're going to be compared because they used a lot of the same team from the Lord of the Rings franchise. They are lifting and building on to worlds that Peter Jackson and that team has already created, even if they can't explicitly do so, and even if they also do take their own path and and invent new things, too. Um, And so I kept catching myself being like, oh, but it's not like that in the trilogy, which is, like, the wrong take and the wrong, like, way to go about it, right? But that is my natural kind of reaction, is to kind of compare, the the kind of things that I loved about the show were the parts that had a kind of contemporary emotionality. Like, I li- I liked the inter... I, I, I prefer the kind of per- interpersonal drama between the characters in this franchise, mm-hmm. which feel a little more human and a little more real, versus the trilogy, which is much more... Because the stakes aren't quite
3: as high yet. Yes. You go yes. into Lord of the Rings, and the stakes are almost immediately, literally... End of the world. End of the world. And in the trilogy,
4: even though there's a lot of fun and a lot of joy, it's all like melodrama, serious stoicism, looking off into... Literally, it starts with Galadriel.
3: I feel it in the earth. Okay, I feel it in the water.
4: And that is my, my number one complaint about Rings of Power, is that our leading lady is boring. And sorry does not do anything different when she is not, you know, fighting, swimming, climbing ice picks. I think her action sequences are dope. I think everything... I think her as kind of like a warrior is amazing. But I think that when she is acting, it is AON levels of boring. And, like, I mean, this actress as well, it's like all she's doing is just kind of like... Like every... Any kind of like... Look... Anytime you see Galadriel, just like just like waiting for her line or like in conversation with someone, she's always just like looking off in the distance, like <sighs> you know, like she kind of breathes deep and her hair is like wisping, and it's like, do you do anything else? Like her mouth is always turned the same way, her eyes do the same thing, and it's like you can do that if you are Cape Blanchette, but I feel like she's doing. Cate Blanchett drag and she's not pulling it off because very few people can do what Cape Blanchett does.
3: You know what I mean? I would disagree. I don't think she's doing Cape Blanchett drag. I think she, I, oh, I see. I, see, I, 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 I think see. she knows the part she's playing, but I actually think she is doing a pretty good job at being a younger version of a of a character who we know so well and who carries so much cultural weight and also who we are used to seeing as this very wise, powerful figure who is thousands of years old and this is a much younger version of her who has a lot of growing to do. I hope that the show continues to open her up. One of my favorite moments in episode three is when they go riding and she just like the joy on her face while she's riding a horse. I thought that was like really beautiful. Mm. And I think that speaks to what you're talking about is like the smaller moments where you get an idea of who these characters really are, Mm -hmm. or I think what is working about the show. And that's why the first two episodes, when there's so much exposition to get through and so much setting up of who these people are, where they are I won't say it's boring. I didn't find it boring, but it's very dense. Yeah. Um, but by the third episode, I felt like I really had a handle on who the characters are. I felt like the places they were in were very tangible. And I started to get an idea of where the stories were building to. And I'm sure there will be lots of, of twists and turns along the way, but like... I think with the reveal in the third episode that, um, you know, like, the Southlands are kind of where everything is is going towards, like, I I think that's, they're building Mordor in the Southlands, like, that's what happens, and when you have those moments of revelation as someone who knows about Lord of the Rings, I think it's really cool. Like the same way when they introduced Isildur, I was like, oh my god, that's Isildur who, who mm-hmm. you know, cuts off the ring and like then is corrupted by it. And like those moments are so cool and so exciting. And yet I I I think the show like sprinkles them in enough while still letting this story stand on its own. Yeah. Um and it's so beautiful to look at yeah. the music is incredible the score, the score is, is insane so, i so so good i had seen so many people saying like watch this in the biggest screen you can like mm, yeah I so agree. when i watched it yesterday i turned all the lights off i like closed the blinds in my apartment tried to make it as dark as possible turn the sound all the way up and i'm really happy i did because that made it such a better viewing experience and i was very like moved by how beautiful it was and obviously like new zealand is beautiful there's lots of beautiful people and you're right a lot of it is stuff we have seen before is like it's very familiar it's speaking in the language of lord of the rings but i also really liked how uh, numenor is a place that feels very different from anywhere we've been in in middle earth because the thing about middle earth i was reading a, a recap of of the episodes and on Vulture and the recapper said something like, you know, Lord of the Rings takes place in this really interesting fantasy world, which is like medieval England that never progresses. Yeah, um, And uh, what I liked about um, Numenor is that it feels like a place where there could be like technological advances or like that they might have a different age. But if you know anything about the lore of Lord of the Rings and the Silmarillion, like, I think, spoiler alert, it's not going to be around forever. So maybe that's why Middle Earth keeps having these, like, huge world-ending wars, and that's why they never progress, but also probably just because, like, it's fantasy and it is what it is.
4: While we're getting into the nitty-gritty here, um, I love the set design in general. I love the visual effects um, from, you know, the sea worm to their portrayal of the undying lance and the birds coming out of that like light vagina in the sky it's very
3: <laughs> cool but i also like the birds felt kind of sinister
4: yeah they felt yes i love that and i loved when like the light vagina closed and it was all dark like it was so like moments like that the light vagina it is a huge <laughs> it is. Light vagina it is i think it's supposed to be like a curtain i think like in the in the 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 actual text it's like a, a curtain of light or something like that but it
3: makes sense um, that it's a light vagina
4: yeah it does and I, or a th- light I,
3: hole of you know whatever gender
4: yeah and i i think that kind of the, the kind of sp the kind of distrust in every episode and the corruption that we're smelling and the little ways that certain characters may or may not be evil or well that's are so that's so It's exactly. like tolkien is
3: all about how evil is constantly trying to corrupt good.
4: Yes, and I and for me in the good and evil of it all, uh, that's actually usually the least interesting part to me of the original trilogy. Like, I think Tolkien's ideas of like good and evil are like so flat, and that that was something that Game of Thrones was trying to. I mean, not amend, but like it's something that they did differently. No, deconstruct. Right? Like, yes, like everyone in Game of Thrones is is complicated and. Bad and um, makes mistakes and also does good things. And, and that's, I, I wish that, you know, Tolkien had a little more of that sensibility, which is like, maybe we have a little bit of that in, in Rings of Power more. And so I appreciate that. But I will say, as much as I love the visual effects and the kind of set and all that stuff, and like just the way they build the Elven city and Numenor and all this different stuff, the hair and makeup is a flop to me. I think that a lot of these costumes as well look very fresh off the Broadway clothing rack. Not all of them, but a lot of them. I love that they got the original costume designer and the original, like, prop prop designers. You know, a shout-out to Weta Workshop, whatever, to, like, make the, the, the swords and stuff. But it just, it, it's... I think that the the costuming is actually emblematic of kind of the larger issue that I'm having with the show, and I, I'm loving it and hating it. In the sa- it's kind of feels like and just like that, to be honest. Like I watched and just like that, I loved every second of it, but also every second of it, I kind of had a little Who problem. Who is the Che
3: Diaz of Ring of Power?
4: <laughs> Only time will tell. Probably Durin, right?
3: Oh my God, the <laughs> Maybe way Nodic. the way Elrond and Durin our ex-boyfriends fully fucking they were fucking and sucking and you cannot tell me different they are they are legolas and gimli the prequel uh, i well <laughs> elrond and durin are
4: high key like long distance exes and absolutely porked during the war and aren't talking about it. And I bet you the wife knows and was vying for a threesome, which is why she was oh, like totally safe for, to, for dinner. She wanted them
3: to be a thruple. That yeah. actually like when you're talking about like set and costumes, I do think the places that felt the realest to me and where I thought that stuff was done the most effectively was in um the dwarf kingdom. Yeah. I thought that was really beautiful. Um, and the dwarves felt their their hair and makeup and prosthetics, I thought, were really good. And the Harfoots, who are, like, I think ancestors of hobbits or, like, kind of a different branch of hobbits, mm-hmm. I think their world feels very lived in and real. These, this sort of, like, nomadic tribe of, you know, like, little, um, you know, people scramping around and, like, Stealing berries and stuff. Um, and I love like all the stuff sticking out of their hair, and I thought the way that they in the most in the last episode um showed instead of telling about how their society works, I thought was really effectively done, like this whole idea of you know, if you can't keep up with us, we leave you behind and like mm-hmm. we're very sad and we'll remember you, but like bye. Um, I thought that was, like, really well done. And I I actually find the scenes with the Harfoots, I think, some of the most moving and the most emotional. I really like Nori as a character. She's um, a great character. I right? think, obviously, the stranger, I think, is clearly a wizard, right?
4: I think... Th- I mean, that's the first thought. I mean, he could be... I, I was I was, you know, of course... That's actually something that I have to give it to the show. Is like I'm now consuming like conspiracy theory podcasts and like reading about reading like the LOTR wikis. Meanwhile, I'm watching
3: I'm watching Galadriel edits set to Brooklyn Baby and Buttons by no! the Busy Cat Dolls. <laughs> Wait, you need to I, love, those. I love that we are living in a time where <laughs> like but... Lord of the Rings, that we're getting new Lord of the Rings content while people <laughs> are making fan edits. I'm so happy. <laughs>
4: yeah. So I, I, the power to the series is that at least it's like making me so interested and invested that I need to know and learn more about the world that it, in, it revolves around. And so, yeah, I kind of, there was a conspiracy that it's maybe the blue wizard or that it's maybe Radigas question um, mark again and you know I don't know TBD because I think the kind of man falling from the sky comet is like completely fabricated like I don't think it's from Tolkien um, which is cool like uh, I, I the Harfoots are apparently not supposed to be in this part of the history they inserted them there and the kind of Harfoots uh hiding from society is their solve for it. It's like, so if Harfoots were hiding from society
3: the whole time, of course they weren't in the history, which I think is so smart. When It's, they, it's cool the way that they're filling in the gaps, you yeah, know? Yeah, exactly. They're using what they have access to and then they're, this world just is so rich with things to play with and to and create. Y- exactly. And I, for me, I totally
4: agree that the Harfoots maybe had some of the best like hair and makeup. The thing that I liked from them that I wanted on everyone else was this kind of, like, effortless kind of, like, weathered... I wanted it to look weathered. Like, I wanted their hair and stuff to look like it had been lived in, and that wasn't... The Everyone else does look a little characters. bit
3: too put together. The only time someone didn't was so like Galadriel spends like the whole second episode in like a sheet. Basically, she was like <laughs> she was like truly pussy out on that raft in like a sheet. And then by the time they got to Numenor, like her hair does look a little frizzy from their long sea yeah. travels. But you know, it, they certainly are not as weathered as they could be. Although her um, Halibrand, is that the the name of the guy that she's with, the who swash, we just the found out. I don't remember his who, name, who, who like yeah, now is right. a king who I think is hot. He like he didn't look great for you know have been, having been on a raft, but he he could have looked worse. He could have looked worse. Um, yeah, I, but the
4: Harfoots when they when they had their moment when they like kind of emerge from the ground. I did get really emotional. And even though they're not, you know, hobbits, they're like one of the breeds of hobbits, it was the first time where I was like, we're in Middle Earth. Mm -hmm. This is the fantasy that I came for. And the thing that makes Tolkien Tolkien is heroism from the unexpected and how hobbits are emblematic of that. The smallest
3: person can make the biggest change.
4: And that was so beautiful. Um, But yeah, uh, with the... um, (laughs) While we're on the hair and makeup of it all, we have to talk about the fact that Elrond has a Sally Hirschberger blowout for, well, like, he, a lot of this movie. I mean, a lot just of this looks, series.
3: He looks straight up like an inbred version of Steve from Stranger Things.
4: <laughs> oh, my God. So, okay, with like there are some scenes where, like, his hair is, like, really high, like, significantly higher than, like... Other parts of the series which is kind of distracting, but the parts where it's really high, I was like, he looks like Jane von it, it, like, mo-
3: like- it looks very modern. <laughs> and the 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 girly who he's now working with, Celebrenor, um yeah. the Smith, also has like just looks like someone who was alive during 9-11. Like there, there's no <laughs> way around it.
4: It's not, it's not good. I, I really do not like that wig. But I loved, back to the point that you made earlier the Durin and Elrond moment because I felt like it's, I thought it was the best example of the thing that I love about Rings of Power, which is the you've been gone for 20 years, you miss the the my, me marrying my wife, you miss me having two kids, like where you were you? You weren't here like, to suck my dick. Yeah, but like <laughs> that conversation is so in the present day, it would have never happened in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yes. And I but thought, but in that the that present that emotional-
3: day, but through. you know, fantastical circumstances. Because what he's saying is like, you missed all this because you're this immortal being for whom 20 years is like the blink of an eye.
4: Right. And I thought that was so real. And that emotional realism is something that, in my opinion, is missing from the trilogy. I'm not one of those girlies that thinks that the Lord of the Rings trilogy is, like, perfect or whatever. Like, I, I love am. it to death. Shut <laughs> you like, Whoa. I, like I love it to death. But, like, I think, you know, Eowyn is boring. I think a lot of plot lines are boring. I think that there's no emotional realism. I think the last, like, 30, 40 minutes of Return of the King are just, like, put it in the garbage. Like, I, I, I really, there are a lot of things that I don't like about the Lord of the Rings, even though I'm a diehard stan. Um, but with... Rings up Power, I think I just appreciated those moments that just feel like they're set a little bit more in the emotional realism of 2022 because you get to do that with a TV show.
3: Well, I also, I mean, and not even, like, feeling contemporary, but that just feel earned. Like, the anxiety of Nori's family realizing that they might be left behind by their community. Like that, like that really got me. Um, and I loved that she, you know, Nori is this character who feels like she's being destined to help this person. And she went to him and said, like, hey, I can't help you anymore. I have to help my family. But then she did still try to do something heroic. And then I loved the way that this, like, being gets folded into her story as the thing that helps save her family by the end. I'm just, I'm very interested to see where it all goes. I, you know, I think we're going to get sexy Sauron pretty soon.
6: Girl, Um, is that
3: like a thing? Is that like... Yeah, Sauron is like a character in the show. I I know that, but uh, he's purported to be sexy he's sexy yeah well oh. so, yeah i mean sauron was always like historically in tolkien like was beautiful he, um so was he War- was was he as
4: they say fine fine for fine for fine 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 yes he was
1: Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.
2: Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin.
3: Okay, so I have not been loving the stuff with... I don't know his name. That's the thing about this. Like, everyone's names are like, what are they? Um, yeah. The the elf who was in the tower and is now being held prisoner by the orcs. Oh, I thought yeah. His, I thought his stuff was, like, a little boring. Um, Like, I didn't really care about his, you know, will-they-won't-they they vibe with the healer from the village. Although, obviously, that kid is... His son, right? I I know that was my theory, and I noticed that like his ears were always covered by his hair, so I was like, Did they fuck? And that's his son. I was Um, maybe
4: least engaged by this plot, I was, I I was
3: as well until. This episode, when they're now prisoners in the orc camp, and the action sequence that happened when they tried to escape was so good. It was
4: so good. I think the action in general is, like, really stunning and well done. I think it's honestly better than a lot of, like, the acting and when they try at melodrama.
3: Yeah. I think And some that- of the shots, like, in the second episode when Galadriel falls into the ocean and is sinking, uh. and then the guy comes down to save her, like... It is beautiful and you can you can tell how much work went into making this show beautiful and I really appreciate that. I mean
4: $700 million worth More than <laughs> uh, that. more than that. It is $715 million. I it's thought it was like, over a billion. Oh, really? I mean the report the reports say 700 is still the most expensive show ever made, I believe. It's probably uh, seven maybe that's the
3: production <laughs> cost. but with marketing it's over a billion. I think
4: they think, well, actually, regardless, uh, I think it's very cool for them to spend, you know, 700 to a billion dollars on the The Rings of Power. Jeff Bezos has got it. I think it's amazing that they're, you know, spending that much on the Rings of Power and then only spending, you know, like $4 on their, like, user interface. Like, it's, like, really a kind of... A juxtaposition I don't
3: quite understand, um, but I feel like although one of the things I like about the interface is that every time you pause on Amazon plus the name of the character and the actor pops up, and it is a nice way to keep track of what's going on because sometimes i get I start getting confused i yeah, I mean no other service does that,
4: which I, I think is kind of cool um, they and they do have little factoids as well in in, in those little those like overlays. Um, but you know, it just it's it still is the worst streaming service like inter- I mean, not not the worst. Sling TV is the
3: worst. Um, <laughs> Roku is the worst.
4: Roku's pretty bad.
3: Roku. Some some people are have gotten lost in Roku City and are never coming back.
4: Yeah. <laughs> if I can offer, you know, my kind of key takeaways of how I'm feeling, I started saying earlier that my issue with like the hair and makeup is kind of emblematic of a larger problem with the, not problem, a larger thing in the series that I keep kind of getting bugged by, which is that there is a kind of generic, if not almost soapy quality to the costumes and therefore the overall feel of Rings of Power sometimes that is just not on the same level of fantasy that Lord of the Rings created and again, I, I hate to compare them, but it's just like, I feel a lot of the time that the things I'm seeing from some of the swords to the elven garb to the way their wigs are done is just a, a version of what Peter Jackson would have done, but like a little less memorable because it's been done. You know what I mean? And I, I and I think that part of what I'm, part the parts that, there are parts of what I'm watching where I'm like... I feel like this is kind of something that I've been watching before. Like I think it's really cool that like, you know, Elrond went down to like Moria to like, you know, chat with a dwarf, but like when he had to like, you know, speak friend to open the gate or whatever, I was like, we've we've done this. You know, I think it's really But I,
3: but it was done in a in a different way. It was and which I actually <laughs> think is like a nice subversion of showing us something that we are familiar with. And then they actually turn it into something funny, which I appreciated.
4: Yeah. I liked the comedy. It's just that it doesn't, the line readings are not there. I don't think the melodrama is there yet. I think that it has some great writing. I just like, it doesn't, I mean, like think about like when, like when Ghibli enters more and he's like, a um, mine, like there's so many, like there's yeah. a star quality. This is what it is. There is a star quality in the cast of the Lord of the Rings. And a lot of those actors were, it was their breakout role, right? Of course we have- Which is
3: the same as as this show. uh, Most of the people are unknown.
4: Well, I mean, no. Because like in Lord of the Rings, we had, you know, Queen Ian McKellen and King Kate Blanchett- because they had those A-list celebrities, it, and because those were kind of the narrators and arbiters of the story, it brought a lot to the rest of their performances. And yeah, like, the, 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 all the guys that played the Hobbits, um, Orlando Bloom, Viggo Mortensen, um, Liv Tyler, like, they were eating these lines. And I just feel like a lot of the casting in this show is giving TV like it's it's not. Well, it's giving a prestige. TV show. I know, I but think it's, that's it's what not giving we have
3: prestige to, TV. Sometimes. I I think I think the visuals are giving prestige TV. I will. I agree. give you. I will give you that. The writing is not quite there, especially the dialogue. Like sometimes someone will say something that's clearly meant to be very like weighty mm-hmm. and it's just like not quite giving what it's supposed to give. But I will, I I keep reminding myself, it's, we're only three episodes right. in. Yep. We have a whole season to watch and hopefully more seasons after this because I do want this to continue. I will always want more Lord of the Rings content. Mm-hmm, um Same. I don't know, like, what is the metric by which they measure success for this show when they have spent so much money on it? Does it even matter to Amazon? Like, is it about awards? Is it about how many people watch it? Like, is it about how much it's talked about? Because, like, I don't really see people talking about it. People are really talking more about House of the Dragon. And it's very interesting that these two things are airing at the same time, especially because, as we talked about before... Game of Thrones is literally meant to be a deconstruction and a subversion of fantasy like Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that they're airing at the same time and people do seem to... House of the Dragon is much more talkable. It's much more memeable. I just don't see people talking about it the way... Talking about Rings of Power the same way. But after watching it, I'm I'm hooked and I I don't feel the same way I did watching the movies, but Great. I didn't go into it expecting to. Yeah, so I can. think I have managed my expectations enough to be really pleased with how it's going so far and excited to see where it can go. Because I of the episodes that have come out so far, the third one was my favorite. And so I feel that's promising because it was the episode that felt most like the story was finally moving along. Like, the exposition had been done, the we had all the players kind of laid out, and now, like, we're getting going. So I think in the coming weeks, as it really picks up steam, like, hopefully some of these other smaller issues will be less, you know, less of an issue.
4: Yeah, I'm excited to see what we can get from, like, Galadriel in general. Like, I, I haven't, like, totally foreclosed on her. I, I want her to be a badass. I just, and like,
3: I know that she, know. the the actress morphed something. She was in yeah. that movie St. Maud that I never actually saw because it was supposed to come out right when COVID happened, and then it was released oh. on streaming, and I just forgot to watch it. Mm-hmm. But I, I have heard really great things about her. I think she's doing a good job... I want to see more from her. Obviously, I think she is really captivating, and she has really good chemistry with all of her scene partners. Almost in fact, where I was like, "Is she gonna fuck like the 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 piratey guy?" (laughs) In in in, (laughs) you do kind of think that about every
4: time two characters, yeah, of course. (laughs) I mean,
3: less less so in Lord of the Rings because let's be real, they're all Lord of the Rings is ace, you know. (laughs) Yeah, Um, kind of. Yeah, but. Do you like I, the violence? Yeah, I do.
4: It's because it, it. You were talking about Game of Thrones, and I think that it is kind of. It's not Game of Thrones-y Thronesian violence, but it is taking a page out of Game of Thrones books with this occasional violence.
3: Well, Game of Thrones took a page out of Lord of the Rings.
4: Well, Lord of the Rings wasn't violent. They would not show blood or that. But it level was still. It was still great action and stuff like that. Yes, amazing action. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: And I think there is really good action sequences like again like i think that action sequence in the orc pit was amazing yeah i hope we get to see some more dwarves um i hope somebody fucks i no one's gonna fuck you don't think anyone's gonna fuck i don't think anyone is gonna fuck i hope we get sexy sauron very soon um and i will be posting sauron morgoth fan fiction of course on our burner
4: We will be back next week in discussion with the Liv Hewson, who is talking to us about Sailor Moon and also a bunch of
3: other things, too. Um, you and can. And maybe telling us a little bit about Yellow Jacket season two. JK, yes. we did not get them to spill any tea. No, they
4: cannot. They cannot. Um, but you can tell us what you want us to talk about next, whether it's a book or a show or a cultural phenomenon. DM us at Like a Virgin for 2069. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us so much. I'm your co-host, Fran Torado. You can find me at Fran Squishco wherever you want on social.
3: I'm Rose Damu. You can find me wherever at Rose Damu.
4: You can subscribe to Like a Virgin anywhere you listen to podcasts, and this is an iHeartRadio production. Our producer is Phoebe Unter with support from Lindsay Hoffman, Julian Weller, Jess Kranich, and Nikki Utor Until next time. See you later,
3: virgins. Farewell, as Collateral might say.